With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Everybody. Welcome back to a brand new edition of On to the Next One, MMA Fighting's matchmaking podcast. Thank you for joining us once again as we try to put the puzzle pieces of the future together coming out of UFC Vegas 19 this past Saturday night in Las Vegas, Nevada, which was capped off by Derek Lewis doing Derek Lewis things, brutally knocking out Curtis Blades in the main event. Hope you're all having a wonderful day, everybody. I am Mike Heck, and joining me as always is the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the best friend, and the prince of positivity, the legend, Mr. Alex K. Lee. AK, how are you, sir? I'm great. I think this is one of the easiest weeks I've had. I don't know if you had the same experience. I think it's one of the easiest weeks I've had making fights for the show. I breezed six fight main card, so you know, uh, you know, we should feel us know we're gonna do all six winners in the main card. I breeze through it, man. I breeze through it. I'm not saying there's all matchups that I'm like, oh, these are all killer matchups. But like, just consulting my own rankings and kind of reading the tea leaves, I was like, some of these things just fall, fall into place. So, uh, I'm excited. I'm ex- I'm always excited for today's show. Always excited to work with you. Uh, you know, my best friend. But uh, <laughs> but today, I think it's gonna be a nice, relaxing Sunday show. It's gonna feel like a Sunday, if you know what I mean. I don't know when people are gonna listen to this. But it's gonna feel like a Sunday. Yeah, I. I don't know. I'm kind of like in the middle. Like, this wasn't really hard, but it wasn't super easy. It was like right in the middle. And I guess compared to a lot of these shows, yeah, it was a pretty easy week. So I'm with you on that one. Uh, By the way, I I will do my best to edit all this out. But if you hear a vacuum upstairs, my wife decided this would be the perfect time to start (laughs) vacuuming the floors. So, uh, so apologies for that. (laughs) Never. Do not apologize. Do not apologize, uh, Miss Mike Heck. Mrs. Mike Heck. All right. Do not apologize. Yes. Uh, she's the best. But uh, I do want to actually start the show by issuing another apology, AK, if I may, because I said 
on this program many times in 2021 that it was my mission to be better with Instagram and be better with Instagram direct messages as it relates to this here program. And I missed some last week. I have yeah, to be better. So, someone messaged me who said they tried to message you. So I suck. And uh, I want to go back and shout these folks out coming out of UFC 258. So Do it. Uh, real quick, Joshua Abuke. Uh, let me know if, the, the, if any Josh, of these people. It's Josh Abukai. I know this. Abukai. Because poor Josh messaged me saying, I, I, I'm paraphrasing here. This is not exact words. Alex, why why is Mike not – does Mike hate me? Why is he not reading my messages on air? He came to me. I provided a shelter in the storm. I will be uh, – if you want to read his suggestions now, I don't know. But I will, I will. be reading his – I will be reading his suggestions later. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he didn't send apology me. To Josh. He didn't send me a follow up, and I I apologize, Josh. Nope. Uh, it's fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He suggested uh, Chris Gutierrez versus Charles Jordan if Gutierrez wants to stick at 145. Uh, Julian Marquez versus Impa Kasanganai. Uh, Bilal Muhammad versus Benil Dariush. I don't know if that would happen since Dariush is a 55er. Plus, Bilal is not fighting Leon Edwards, so maybe put some good vibes in the air for Mr. Muhammad, Joshua. Uh, Gabe Green versus Lyman Good. That's an interesting matchup. Andre Ewell versus Josh Kilabao. Uh, Ricky Simone versus uh, Ilya Teporia. Even though Simone probably go back to 35, you'll hear what Ricky Simone wants on What the Heck, by the way, on Tuesday. Uh, Calvin Gaslam versus Edmund Shabazian. Like that option. And then Ian Heinish versus uh, Brad Tavares. So there you go. Uh, and then... Sean Sean Bradley actually uh, reached out to me as well. I apologize, Sean. And then coming out of UFC 258, he said, I think the fight to make it welterweight with everything how it played out right now is Nate Diaz versus Hamzat Chemaev. Nate Diaz fighting Poria, Oliveira aren't going to work out. And Diaz for Hamzat would be an incredible scrap. Book it once Hamzat is healthy and the winner fights Burns and Burns isn't booked soon. So there you go. I apologize, gentlemen. Uh, I believe there is one more. I think Nate is crazy nuts. If that somehow gets floated down Nate Diaz's way, and, and there's a decent paycheck attached to it. He's crazy not to take that fight. I'm not saying I'm not saying he necessarily wins because I actually do think Hamza, uh, Hamza's pretty good. And again, Nate Diaz at welterweight is a mixed bag, uh, especially if we're talking about a wrestler. But he should he would have to do it because that, that it's also a very winnable. He's so much more experienced. I don't know. I, I'm not sure who I'd pick in that fight. I, I would probably lean Diaz just just for the experience factor. But yeah, I, I like I'd not heard. I don't think I'd heard that suggestion anywhere. Yeah, that was a good one. And then uh, Patrick Austin has DM'd a couple of times. Uh, he said the big winner coming out of UFC 258 was Bilal Muhammad. said, Bilal, just put Joe Rogan in his place. He's the real winner tonight, regardless of any other outcome. And uh, clearly he was, because he just got himself the biggest fight of his career on March 13th uh, versus Leon Edwards. Patrick does have some other suggestions. I will be reading those on the program later on when it's time so i appreciate that again my apologies i will be better at this for those uh well, hitting no, me up like, on the dm enough apologies well done mike well done well done that was that was some lovely reading of uh reader suggestions and thanks of course for the readers yes we'll have more readers later yes everyone everyone's favorite segment yes so let us talk some matchmaking on our end aka in the main event Derek lewis as a three and a half to one underdog as the window closed Stops Curtis Blades, one of the most vicious and violent knockouts you will ever see watching the sport. The man is incredible, AK. He really is a huge win for the Black Beast. And uh, a lot of the pre-fight chatter was surrounding Curtis Blades and how he's kind of stuck in this division with the win because of everything going on at the top of the division and the heavyweight title picture. But Derek Lewis said, you know what? I'm just going to go in there and change the narrative across the board. So I ask you, Mr. Lee, what is next for Derek Lewis? 
well, let me first say that Blades is no longer stuck in the top five, or at least in the heavyweight title picture. He has been dislodged. He was dislodged from both his consciousness and from uh, any sort of uh, hopes for a number one contender spot. He's at least like two fights away now. So uh, he's not stuck anymore. So I guess he can, so in a roundabout way, he can thank Derek Lewis for that, though I'm certainly this is not uh, certain this is not how he wanted to uh, to have that cleared up for him. Uh, I have to go. I, 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 look, we've been champ. <clears throat> excuse me. I think really we've been championing this for most of last year. I said in a previous episode, I don't care uh, necessarily about who wins in the Blaze Lewis fight. I, this is the fight I want to see. I, this is who I want to see Lewis fight next. I'm still championing. Derek Lewis, Alistair Overeem. I love it. I love the matchup. They've both been around forever. I, I, I keep I keep thinking they have fought, but of course they did. I'd certainly remember. Uh, there's there's at least some playful animosity there. Uh, Lewis was is very realistic. I mean, if you heard his post fight speech, so he didn't even bother calling anyone out. He knows there's a whole situation in front of him that he can't control. So he's just like he's like he threw it like John Jones, which I, which I think would be great. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, and uh, and for me, the next best thing would be a, a fight with Alistair Overeem. Win streaks, losing streaks don't matter. I know Lewis four fight win streak. Overeem's coming off a loss, but uh, the name value of Overeem is always going to be what it is. The matchup is always going to be what it is, and I and I think that's the fight to make before before it's too late. Before we you know before the Reem retires. So, Derek Lewis, Alistair Overeem, I've I've been on it and I'm sticking with it. Yeah, I mean you mentioned how this is kind of a an easy breezy episode. This is probably the easiest breeziest fight on the entire card because it's two options. One. He's the backup fighter for the title fight on March 27th. Like, if something happens along the way to either Stipe or Francis Ngannou, Lewis subs in, he wants to stay active, there you go. And the other option, like you just said, AK, give the man what he wants. He wants Alistair Overeem. Say thank you, Derek, for making our jobs easy. Give him Overeem. That's it. It keeps Lewis active, does him solid, gives Overeem a fight he wants as well. There you go. No need to uh, to overthink this. Did you um, Did you match up Curtis Blades at all? I didn't even oh think no! About that. No, I completely, I completely forgot. Like I said, I, I, I'm, I was probably in the mindset of I just, I would like to see Blades hopefully get a longer than, you know, sometimes when these guys get these KOs and they don't suffer any other uh, strenuous injuries, it's just like it's just like a, oh, uh, six weeks uh, no contact or something. I, I would like to see Blades take some time off. I'm sure he wouldn't want to. I'm sure if he has a clean, uh, mostly clean, you know, uh, medical suspension bill, he's just gonna be like, yeah, put me in as soon as possible. That was a nasty, nasty knockout. He hasn't been. I'm like I'm even thinking of like the second the, the second Ngannou knockout, it, it, it you know it wasn't like this you know it wasn't it wasn't like this clean one shot KO so uh, for me it's just Blaze takes some time off but I'd lo- I'd love to hear what you think uh, when he's ready to come back what should be next yeah I've been kind of thinking about this since the knockout ended and after the the post fight show I was just like he's just a big part of the story and you kind of you kind of hit the nail on the head AK and I, it might even be worse than how you said it. This is a tough pill to swallow for Curtis Blades. His stock takes a tremendous hit from not just this loss, but really any loss because of what this division looks like right now. So I was kind of like thinking about it because a lot of people were like, oh, let's give him the loser of, of Cyril Gan versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike. And I don't, I don't disagree with that, but I kind of do. Like if Cyril Gan beats Jarzinho Rosenstrike, then you do Blades versus Rosenstrike. I'm okay with that. But if Gon loses, you can't throw him back in there with Curtis Blades. It would be like a giant stunt to his development, in my opinion. Like if you're all in on the on the Cyril Gon train and you think this guy could be a, a heavyweight title contender sooner rather than later, if he goes out and loses to Jarzinho next weekend, you can't just throw him back in there with Curtis Blades. I think that's a terrible idea. But if Jarzinho does win, 
I like the idea of maybe doing marching the, the winner of the marching Tybora versus Blagoy Ivanov fight, especially if Tybora wins, because it kind of gives us the chance to see if Tybora would be, you know, I think he'd be on a five-fight winning streak. Let's see if this guy's the real deal. I mean, there are lots of options. You can make arguments for a lot of things, but that's kind of where my mind's taking me. A, a really bad loss and a really bad spot at a really bad time for <laughs> Curtis Blades. Yeah, it was... And again, especially, and I think this is maybe the most build-up. Well, there's quite a build-up, I think, before the uh, the Ngannou every match as well. But since then, this is probably the most build-up Blades has had for a fight. And uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of eyeballs in this loss, which again, which is in this case was, I see you normally say, you know, for better, for worse. In this case, uh, was for worse for Blades. But um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned the Gon Rosenstruck matchup, which because uh, I think that that's going to resolve a lot of. Uh, sort of this, uh, the, the other part of the sort of this heavyweight equation outside of the the contender the championship picture, who wins there and who loses there, uh, it's going to affect I think a lot of some matchups that get booked in the next like four months. So and thankfully that fight's next week, so we'll we'll find out soon uh, what to do with those guys. Love when that happens. We get like three pivotal mm-hmm. heavyweight matchups coming up in the same month. This is huge. It's just like they drew it up, Mike. Way to go, UFC matchmakers. It's a beautiful thing. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Co-main event, we saw Yana Kunitskaya pull off a pretty big betting upset against Ketlin Vieira. Big final 30 seconds of that fight, and she's on to a to a bigger fight, you'd have to assume, AK. But how big? Where does she go from here? Uh, this I don't know if this was... No, it wasn't that. I was going to say this is the most difficult, but again, I didn't think any of them were super difficult this week. Uh, so, I don't know. I liked uh, I like I like the Jermaine Durandami uh, pick, if only because we all thought 
that GDR was going to run it back with Holly. It made so much sense. But then we just found out, and I don't know if it was just Friday, the last couple of days, that it's uh, sometime this week. We're getting Holly Holm and Juliana Pena, which it really got a collective, like, push a T, like, ugh, from, like, the, the <laughs> MMA community from what I saw. Uh, which is no disrespect to, to, to Holm or Pena. Again, both good fighters. And it's it, on paper, it's, like, kind of an intriguing matchup. But based on kind of how we thought the 135-pound, like, contender picture was shaping up, it just didn't make a lot of sense. So anyway, so yeah, if GDR is free, I mean, she needs an opponent. Look, this guy really impressed me. And uh, I would favor Durand me in that matchup, but I also favored Vieta in the matchup. So Kuniskaya keeps kind of being a, a, a little bit of a world beater. And I think this is the next logical step if she's going to kind of hold, keep keep that uh, world beater, you know, theme going. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with uh, Kuniskaya and Durand me. This is an interesting kind of option because I saw the Duranami thought because she is the number one ranked contender at 135. So I don't know if Kunitskaya has gotten to that point just yet. I mean, she's close, but in my mind, I think she needs one more win to get in that discussion. Then when you look at Duranami and you see the matchmaking between Holm and Pena, you're thinking one of two things, or at least I did. One is that the UFC is viewing her as the next contender at 135. Even though she just fought Amanda Nunes, they think that if, if Amanda goes in there and beats Megan Anderson and keeps the fly the featherweight title, goes back down to 35, maybe we run it back with Duranami. And the reason why I think she might be favored is for two reasons. One, it could be the last time we see Amanda Nunes fight. One more title defense at Bantamweight. There you go. The other, Jermaine Duranami was on what the heck on our platform and said, if I fight Amanda Nunes one more time and lose, I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm retiring. I will have no regrets. I am done. So you book that fight. Someone's retiring. Maybe both of them retire, which would be massive. And then we can open up the division right there. So maybe the UFC has that in mind. Who knows? That's just kind of my thing. But for me, in regards to Kunitskaya, it's Irina Aldana. She's looking to get back on track after the loss to Holly Holm. If Kunitskaya beats Aldana, she's definitely now in that conversation with the Holmes and the GDRs and the Juliana Peñas, maybe even with the Amanda Nunes's, but I think she needs one more big win to get to that range, AK. Yeah, I like I like the Aldana matchup as well. It, a weird part of me thought, let's say, uh, let's say, you know, Nunez just blows Megan Anderson out of the water and just kind of leaves no doubt that, you know, the great, she's the greatest, uh, one of the greatest fighters of all time and, and then just hangs it up right there. Uh, is it Kunitskaya, Aldana, uh, battle for the vacant bantamweight title is that sellable at all that's not for the vacant title no you think they would one of one of home or pena and then some and then someone else yeah one of home or pena likely in the equation nunez is a big piece of this obviously she's the champion but i mean depending on what happens in two weeks time like like you maybe she's maybe she's got one more in her and then she's going to be a mom and be done mm-hmm. and then it opens things up and then Makes Holm versus Pena very fascinating because the winner would probably get GDR for the vacant for the vacant mm. belt. So that's probably what they do. But there's a lot of questions here in terms of the matchmaking. You could do GDR, fine. You could do Aldana, fine. But those are the two options. I don't think there's really any other way to go unless you want to give her a big step back. But after the way she finished that fight, step back's not really fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I was impressed by Kunitskaya. I'm, I'm on a Kunitskaya high now, but. Yeah, I agree. Maybe we're still one fight away from any any sort of title picture, whether it's a, an actual shot with a champion or a vacant, vacant title, or in, even interim. I'll tell you the fight matchmaking concept that uh, I maybe had the most fun with. It's this next one. Featherweight division. 
And the combination of Derek Minner, James Krause, and Glory MMA and Fitness has been super impressive. I believe uh, in our Slack channel, you called James Krause a cheat code, AK, which Man. makes so much sense. It's not fair. It makes so much sense. But, man, Minner goes out there on Saturday and sheds that whole first-rounder bust stigma that has been attached to him for so long, and he goes out and thoroughly dominates Charles Rosa on Saturday. You know, it's Bryce Mitchell-esque, maybe even better than what Bryce Mitchell did. I mean, this was a pretty incredible performance against a, a super tough, durable guy like Charles Rosa. He beat him up. He bloodied him. And... We talk about it all the time on the show, AK. The featherweight division is just so loaded. There's so many options for a guy like Mr. Minner. And as much fun as I had looking at these matchups, there's one fight that hit my brain as soon as the fight ended, and it was like king of the mountain. All these featherweight matchups kept trying to climb the hill, but this matchup just kept pushing them back down. Even though this man is coming off a loss in his last fight, the fight to me, Derek Minner versus Billy Q., Sounds like just so much fun. It's just like dusts flying around the octagon, just rolling around, all sorts of pace. I love it. Billy Q versus Derek Minner. The pace in that fight would be ridiculous. Let's see it, AK. What do you think? Uh, the, the, well, I'll tell you this. There will be some some Quarantillo chatter later. He 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 comes up in the re- a very popular name among the readers. So I have a little bit of a teaser for that. I, you know me, I, I'm not that adverse to uh, matching up fighters who share a card. I know you think it's a little, I, I know you think it's a little gauche, Mike. I know you think it's a little, a little boring sometimes. The, the other issue is until we see like again medical suspensions and things like that, and, and maybe fighters making statements like, oh, I'm, you know, that's a great win. I'm gonna take some time off. It's, it's kind of, it is kind of like uh, pointless to try and match up guys in the same card. You don't know. One guy could be out for three months. One guy could be out for six months. One guy might just say, oh, I'm not, I'm not playing to fight until the summer. And then and another guy says, turn me around, Dana White. I'm, put me out. There's a card here in two weeks. Let me. I'm staying in town. Let me. So, yeah, it is pointless. But I got lazy here. And I said <laughs> 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 this, this is a breezy card for me, Mike. I, uh, I, I want to see him and Julian Arosa. Uh, I think Julian Arosa is another guy who's kind of turned things around. Who's kind of had this has had a, a winding road to the UFC, going through every possible like UFC affiliated program and thing that you can, uh, including the UFC itself, and then co- going back out and having to come back, uh, and and now it's trying to get un- unlikely two fight win streak. I I'm I'm surprised, uh, which is I shouldn't be because he's a talented guy. So I'm totally down with uh, Julian Rosa. I think that'd be my, my number one pick. Rosa, of course, uh, for people who were watching last uh, on Saturday, he beat uh, uh, Nate Landwehr with an impressive flying knee, and then uh, my other option. I just I don't know where this guy is, but uh, Herbert Burns I think would be an interesting matchup. Herbert Burns is going up to fifty five to is fight he? somebody. I didn't know that for some reason. I have to. I have oh, to is that look. temporary? Is that just like uh, uh, I'm? He's been off for a while, and he's kind of. It's just easier for him to come back at fifty five. Well, he had a big weight miss for that last fight too, did he not? Against um, oh, Pineda. I forget who he's fighting. I know he's going up to. Going up to fifty-five for his last, for his next fight. I'll figure it out. We'll find he did, out. Oh, he it. did. He missed. Right. He, and his first fight before that was a was a scheduled catch weight. That was a, uh, him and Evan Dunham both weighed in one fifty, and then that's right. He, and then he still came in close to one fifty for the Pineda fight, which was not a scheduled catch weight. You're right. That was a featherweight bout, and uh, Burns came in three point five pounds over one forty nine and a half. So, yes, maybe the lightweight move. Maybe that makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's being reported that Gilbert Burns, or no, Herbert Burns, is fighting Alex Munoz on May first. Oh, okay, okay. At one fifty-five. So sure, sure, sure. But you never know. Maybe, we, maybe uh, something happens, and sure. we do Herbert Burns versus versus Derek Minner. That's that's a 
That's a fun fight. You can even do uh, the Daniel Pineda idea. That's not a bad one either. Sure. Pineda but coming I'm, up I'm, the last I'm cubby. Sticking with the Rosa then. All right. Uh, well, I will say I like your answer because it makes me feel better about the wild card round that we won't have the same fighter. So there you go. A little, another tease. We're just planting seeds all <laughs> over this episode. Uh, let us go back to the heavyweight division, AK. Chris Dacus is now 3-0 in the UFC. Three first-round finishes. He stops Alexi Olenek in the first round. And uh, good old Herb Dean let that fight go for a round, I don't know, a dozen strikes too long. But the Philly police officer goes in there and gets a big win. And he will be a ranked heavyweight come Tuesday. What do you think is next for Mr. Chris Dacus, sir? Mike, I did it again. I <laughs> And look, I, I did, I, I'm down with that. That's how a lot of people comment this in social media. And I was down for it like almost after as soon as it happened. I throw him in there with Espinal. I don't care about protect, protecting prospects. I don't care about – I like. I, well, that's not true. I care about developing prospects the right way. I'm a, this is an audio clip. Alex Lee says he doesn't care about protecting prospects. That's not true. <laughs> prospects prospects need to be built up the right way. I understand. You you know you don't you don't want to rush them too quickly. Uh, I don't I don't believe in protecting their records. There you go. Maybe that's what I should be saying. I don't believe in protecting their records. I know it's cool to have two three and heavyweights uh, in, in in a division that has been you know pretty. It's it's slow to introduce new talent. Let's put it nicely. Dacus now three and in the UFC. Tom Tom Aspinall is now three and in the UFC. I would just love to see them fight. I don't care. A loss to me does not diminish either guy's promise. I think both guys look like future top five guys, definitely top ten. I Dawkins might already be in the top ten, depending right, depending on the ranking shakeout this week, because uh, he took out you know he took out Olenek, who was ranked. But otherwise, it's okay. Losses are okay. I, I think it would be an awesome fight. I think it would give us uh, always. It's always good to see a gauge of kind of like. You know who's who's a little bit more ahead here because, like I said, um, Dawkins might be higher ranked. I think I think people though might be higher on Aspinall as a prospect, but I don't know. You throw them in the cage. That's the only way to decide which one, which guy's really further along right right now. So I, I knocked off two. Of my picks. I'll have another. I'll have more to chatter about Aspinall later. Anyway. I'm not. I'm not cutting the segment short. And I have another option for Dawkins as well. But my first choice, I don't care. Dawkins Aspinall, <laughs> give it to me. Give it to me. I'm not waiting. I don't want to wait a year. Give it to me now. <sighs> I know Aspinall has been a popular choice and if they make it i'm watching i'll be excited about it but here's the thing i think there's probably more future upside in tom aspinall and that's not discrediting what chris Dacus has done i just think there's more i don't know the, the, the ceiling is higher i think for tom aspinall this early in his career but right now february of 2021 Chris Dawkins getting a win like that over a guy like Alexi Olenek, he's ahead of Tom Aspinall right now. Absolutely. And I said this on the post-fight show that I had a pick for Chris Dawkins, and it pains me to say it, and people may not like it, but I think it's the right fight to make at this point. I think what they have with Chris Dawkins is a bonus. They didn't see this coming. And now that you have it, People are digging him. He's a very popular name right now. I think you got to try to give him the rub as as best you can. The fight is Dawkins versus Junior Dos Santos, AK. If the UFC really sees Chris Dawkins at this point, they're seeing everybody get behind him, and they feel like, oh, man, maybe we got something here. Maybe this guy could be a legit contender in this division. A good story. He's a police officer. What a guy. If the UFC wants to get behind this guy, give him the JDS rub. See how he fares against a former world champion. That's my pick, AK. I also saw uh, 
Aspinall at JDS. Uh, so so J- JDS was a name that came up yesterday. Again, both both guys are on like obviously similar career arcs right now. So a lot of the suggestions were kind of for I think in people's minds were kind of interchangeable, which is I guess it is in the eyes of the matchmakers could be. So JDS, uh, I saw more in my feet kind of come up for Aspinall, but uh, obviously Dawkins would make just as much sense. I. I, I'm not matchmaking for, for Junior Dos Santos. I know he's not retired. I know, I know he's not. He's not a baby. You know, he's he's a grown man. I'm sure he has no problem with people fantasy matchmaking for him and with and with tough fights being thrown his way. I, I just don't want to think about it right now. I I, I think I probably favor him to you know, uh, match up with a veteran. I guess that's that's part of how I'm looking at things. But uh, but Junior has never said no to younger opponents. He's fought tons. Of, he's fought tons of younger guys over the last few years and really hasn't gone his way. So uh, I I don't mind it like I like it I think it's a cool fight I just I'm not matchmaking for JDS right now my heart my heart can't take it like yeah I kind of feel like in a kind of a gut wrenching way Spivak Aspinall and Dacus were like yeah. all fighting for the JDS fight oh and like whoever had the best performance like Gosh. won the JDS fight. One of them is probably going to get it, aren't they? There is a very good, there is a very good chance that JDS's next fight is against one of yeah, one of those three names. Oh, I know. My other my other thought for for Doc is again we mentioned the Gone Rosenstruck fight. Uh, I would like to see may, maybe the loser of that fight, but specifically Gone. I would like to see Gone fight uh, Docus. But obviously, if Gone wins, he probably moves on to something else. But if Gone loses, I think him and Docus would, uh, would be perfect. So again, next week, guys, we'll see. Yep, it's a good one. Uh, yeah. To the middleweight division we go. AK Phil Haas improves to two and zero in the UFC, but. He had to work for it as he earned a hard-fought majority decision win against a game, Nasruddin Imovov. A lot of people score this a draw, have no complaints. One judge agreed with the vast majority of folks. But either way, this is a fight that Phil Haas is going to learn a lot from. So what would you like to see next for, for Megatron? Yes, judges, please use your 10-8s. Don't be afraid of your 10-8s. <laughs> I know. Do we know which judge? Well, I'll look up real quickly which judge it was. We should, we should praise them, but... Uh, but yes, guys, don't don't be afraid to use your ten eights. That was Imovov won the most definitive round of the fight. Uh, I, I he should it was uh, oh oft, often criticized uh, Junichiro Kamijo. So there you go. There let's you give go. let's let's give credit where credit's due. If we're going to criticize uh, Junichiro Kamijo uh, <laughs> when he does wrong, I think he was right with the draw here. I think he did a good job because Imovov had the most definitive round at the third round. I think it was a 10-8. I think he was really putting it on Haas, and, uh, and, and he hurt him. But, hey, credit to Haas for surviving. I, I like what Haas showed here, showed toughness, showed he's not just a guy who's going out there and swinging a little bit in the first round. In the first round, he was definitely headhunting. But uh, after the first couple of minutes, when I think when he realized that KO wasn't coming because Imovov was really good, um, you know, he went he went to a grinded-out grinded style. And I know fans don't like it, but sometimes that's what you got to do to win. Or in this case, at least at least avoid a loss. But uh, he did win. But uh, So for me, though, he hasn't earned a big step up yet. Like, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a three I'm a three fights, let me see what you got guy first. There's only a second appearance. 2-0, still real good. And again, I think, and I think he, whatever, on the cards, he won against a tough opponent. So keep him in this range where he's at now. Don't jump him up big. Let's throw him in there with Dalcha Lungiambula. I think that would be a fun fight. Might get both guys. I think that will likely produce a KO or could produce another grinded out fight. I'll be honest, too. It's <laughs> I, I, after yesterday, we, you know, we, we can't be sure. But on paper, looks like a, looks like all the recipe for an explosive knockout. So I like that one. Ha, this is this might have been the toughest one for me because Haas is a ton of upside and you don't want to rush him like too, too much. Although I, this, I do think there's something there. But he's also a very experienced guy. Like, he doesn't have, like, 30 fights or anything, but he has paid 
his dues a lot more than a lot of these guys in this division. And like throw, throwing a guy like Joaquin Buckley, and this is no disrespect to Joaquin Buckley, but Phil Haas has paid his dues way more than Joaquin Buckley has with the level of competition this man has had. He was like the legit prospect in MMA for a long time. He's finally putting it all together. So I don't think you can avoid giving him like a decent step up. Like Nasruddin Imovov was a step up. This guy is a really good fighter. And I think a lot of people got to see that very undervalued. And there's a bright future for him as well, as you saw in that fight, especially in that third round. So I do want to give Haas like a good step up, but nothing like insanely crazy. Like I don't want to throw him in like the top 25 or anything like that. I want to see Haas versus Alessio DiCarico, AK. I know this is like, it's a tough matchup because we just saw what DiCarico did to Buckley and stopping that train. But I think Haas got that grueling fight he needed to build his resume. Like he didn't get a, a, a quick flash knockout against a guy he was heavily favored over. We know Haas has the ability to finish fights very quickly, but he also knows how to get himself out of dangerous situations, which he saw, which we saw on Saturday night. So I feel like with his experience level and where he's at in his career, I think this fight makes sense, man. Let's see how he does against a guy like Takiriko. Yeah, I, I think Takiriko is, is the right test for a lot of these guys uh, in the UFC now with like may, maybe just one or two impressive performances. Takiriko is definitely the guy to test like if you're the real deal. Uh, I had him matched up with uh, Darren Wynn, I think, on a previous episode. Probably the only reason I didn't bring his name up. Let me float this one for you, Mike. What do you think of a Julian Marquez rematch? Huh. Contender Series, August 2017. So it's been a while. It's been over three years now. Of course, uh, Marquez smoked Haas with a head kick. This is one of one of uh, one of many <laughs> previous Phil Haas. Like, oh, this is the this is the time he's going to step out. You know, he's going to make it to the UFC. Uh, again, unfortunately, ended up the wrong wrong end of a head kick. Uh, Marquez, the one who would end up getting the uh, Contender Series contract, Haas would get it on his second his second run to the Contender Series with an awesome performance uh, in his second his second time on the show. So. Marquez got a lot of heat right now, obviously his name because of the Miley Cyrus stuff and, and uh, just having a great come from behind win. So I, I, I think Marquez would probably be targeting other things, but it's just a, it's just a thought I had. I said I thought this is a re- if you were going to do this rematch, you certainly uh, now certainly would not be a bad time for it. Yeah, I, I don't dislike it. I think mm. the UFC kind of is looking at that one as how can we sell this one at some point? Because if they both keep winning, they're both great stories. Yeah. You can match them up, put them on a main card, maybe a co-main event somewhere down the line. If they can like keep it. getting wins, I like it. It's a it's a good thing. But we'll see what happens with Phil Haas. Very exciting guy. He wants to fight either Chris Wyman or Uriah Hall. If he <laughs> thought Michael Bisping was funny, he goes, oh, you're rooting for guys to get COVID. I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> that, was, that was an awkward moment. <laughs> Very awkward moment. Yeah. Uh, maybe the bell of the ball. One of them anyways, Tom Aspinall, A.K. Oh, bars. To, bars. Bars. Hey. Bars. Hey. To see a guy take down and submit Andre Arlovsky the way that he did in that second round was super impressive. He deserves a fight with a ranked guy for sure, AK. I mentioned Tybora and, and Ivanov. If you want to give him the winner of that or maybe even the loser, that's fine. I'm in for the Sergey Spivak fight, man. I want to see that one. Like, if I, I, I don't know. Like, it's up-and-comer versus up-and-comer, up and I know that peeves people from time to time, but I like that fight, man. I want to see it. Both, both, both the guys seem to want it. This seems to make sense. And I know people probably look at Aspinall as a little bit higher on the pecking order at this point. Future contender should be fighting top 10 guys. But 
Let's just have him fight Spivak, you know? Let's let's give him that. No need to, to rush him too much. And Spivak's a tough customer, man. You could argue that Sergey Spivak is a top 15 heavyweight right now after that performance. I know Jared Vandera is, like, not the biggest name, but look at the guys he's fought over the years. Look who he's fought in the UFC. You can make the argument that he's a top 15 guy right now. I like that fight, AK. What say you? Yeah, look, Sergey Spivak would be, like, 4-0 in the UFC if he fought some of the guys that Aspinall and uh, Dacus fought. And, and, again, no disrespect to those guys, but they've, they've, fought easier, they've fought easier competition. This is not a subjective statement. Objectively, they have fought easier competition than Sergey Spivak has. You know, I'll be a little disappointed, actually, if, like we said, one of these guys maybe gets JDS. I'd be a little disappointed if the other two didn't get matched up. I, 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 I do think Spivak Aspinall, Spivak Dacus, or Dacus Aspinall, I think those would all be fun and, and logical matchups. Again, I also have no problem with all of them continuing, like the, the matchmakers just going out of their way to book them against veterans and, you know, and quote-unquote gatekeepers. I wouldn't have a problem with that either. But I think it'd be cool if you just right now, let one of them test themselves against one another. So, um, as I said before, I like Aspinall, Dacus. My other option for Aspinall now would be uh, a fight you brought up before, the Martin Tabura, uh, Ivanov winner on March 27th. So, Again, so that's all. In the, that's in the so that's in the mix as well. Uh, as we as we said, like it's kind of nice in this next month or so, we're gonna get a we get uh, results and we're gonna get a fresh batch of potential matchups. So, for me, Aspinall Doc is still number one, but I like Spivak and I like him maybe getting the uh, Tabora Ivanov winner. I think that'd be that'd be especially if it's Tabora if you're gonna go five fight win streak versus a three and zero in the UFC. I think that'd be uh, easy to sell. It was a great night, very good night for the UFC heavyweight division on yeah, Saturday. It's just like, just like last week with the middleweights, today was with the heavyweights. Way to go, way to go, divisions that that. Uh, so, let's be honest. Sometimes we've been a little critical of these divisions, how of uh, the, sort of the lack of kind of fresh blood in these divisions. But middleweight last year, I think, was already starting to get really good, and then I think uh, two fifty eight last week was a was a showing of how strong, how deep that division is becoming. Now heavyweight finally getting some young blood. I dig it. I dig it. As we move ahead to everyone's favorite segment, it's the wild card round here on Odd to the next one where we choose one fighter that we have not match made for yet, and we go ahead and do it right now. So, AK, you be the uh, the Ricky Henderson here. He's played for both your Toronto Blue Jays and, and my Boston Red Sox. You lead us off. What is your wild card pick for UFC Vegas 19? Well, listen, Ricky. Ricky's going to cheat here. All right. Uh, Ricky, Ricky. Ricky's going a little outside the box here. And... Uh, I'm go- I picked Chaz Skelly. I cheated. I cheated. I picked Chaz Skelly, unofficial, <clears throat> an unofficial winner, on uh, on Saturday. Night. Certainly, certainly a winner uh, with his singing skills. Guys, find that that clip is out there of him singing, uh, Tenacious D's "F her, F her gently." F her gently. Oh my goodness. Sorry, guys. This is 18 plus show. Right? It's 18 plus show. <laughs> uh, the classic Tenacious D song, "F her gently," <clears throat> a stirring rendition. Really, he really went for it. That's like that's not a song you can you can you can you can half ass. He really went for it. So, uh, at, anyway, quick recap for anyone who for some reason didn't hear about this on Saturday. Skelly makes the walk to the cage. His opponent, Jamal Emers, does not make the walk to the cage. It's reported live in the broadcast after, after a bit of a delay. Emers uh, suffering from back spasms and, of course, pulled from the fight. So, well, hopefully Emers is okay. Uh, Skelly said afterwards, you know, he, 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 I mean, any fighter, I think, who doesn't get to fight uh, wants a quick turnaround. But he is a big 145-er. His very, it's very uh, a, a deliberate, uh, you know, a method to getting to his weight. It's not an easy thing to just kind of turn around next week and do it again. So I love uh, Aljamain Sterling recommended on Twitter that Skelly face someone at 145, but you kind of do what's like Brian Keller and her has been doing, Cody Stamos is doing, and just fight a weight class up. So uh, you just take two featherweights, put them in a 155-pound bout. I assume Sterling was trying to advocate for some of his maybe featherweight teammates. He didn't name names, um, but I like the idea. 
Uh, Luis Pena would be a good suggestion, of course. Pena threw his name out there uh, on Saturday saying, hey, if we're, can we book this in an hour? If, if, uh, if I'm around 155, maybe. So if Skelly is, is you know, uh, uh, today is at one, his, day, his fight day weights, 155-ish, make it happen. So I think, like, I think that's really good. I think if they can make that fight happen uh, in the next, like, and Skelly really wants to go in the next, like, three weeks or so. Let's let's try and make that happen. Otherwise, uh, further down the road, maybe Makaran Armirkani, if, if uh, Skelly wants to make a trip to Fight Island, and uh, a name we brought up earlier, Dan- Daniel Pineda. And again, I suggest all these things at 155. By the way, 155. I, 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 Skelly, it's if it's difficult for him to cut weight, don't make him cut weight. 155 pound fight for Chaz Skelly next. That's what I want to see. Yeah, Marab Dualish Willie is also in Las Vegas right now, uh, getting Alger ready for Piotr Jan. Ah. So maybe that's where he's looking. But again. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel like Skelly should have to cut again. I mean, I don't know where Marab weighs. Plus, I God. I mean, Emmers is a tough matchup as it was, but now you have to switch and fight freaking Marab. Good God! I, I think maybe Aljo was saying, uh, "Hey, Marab, go up to one fifty-five. Go, <laughs> go up to lightweight. <laughs> go up two classes and take on Skelly." No, I don't. Know. There must be someone else using Frontier. I'm not sure, but I like the idea. So you mentioned his name, uh, and I will say I am enjoying. Very much so. The career resurgence of Julian Arosa. It has been pretty amazing to watch. Dare I say inspiring to watch, AK. He takes out another very tough customer in Nate Landwehr. Takes out Sean Woodson the fight before. Basically was brought in on less than a week's notice to fight this tall, rangy, undefeated guy in Sean Woodson. And what does he do? He outlasts him outworks him and finishes him in the third round and then gets a flying knee knockout against Nate Landwehr in his second fight of this stint. This is his third run with the UFC. I dig this prospect killing tour he's on right now, AK. We can market this and do something with it. So here's where I'm going. There's a a little bit of a journey, but just bear with me here. There have been reports out there that Ilya Teporia is going to fight Ladovit Klein in May. I have dug into this fight, obviously, because once I saw it, I was like, holy potatoes, this fight rules. What I've been told is that Ladovit Klein got the bout agreement. He signed it. He's in. But on the flip side, AK, it seems as, as if Teporia has not signed on for this fight. I'm also told he did not get a bout agreement for this fight. And I'm told that even if he does get a bout agreement for this fight, He wants somebody closer to or in the top 15. So chances are, as of right now, those reports are eh, not wholly accurate. If that is the case, and this fight is not made, I want to see Julian Arosa versus Ladovic Klein sometime in the spring. That's the fight I want to see. And if Julian Arosa beats Ladovic Klein, I can't. I mean, good God. Where can he go in in this division to run out Get f- wins, especially if he finishes Ladova Klein over Sean Woodson, Nate Landwehr, and Ladova Klein. He's a top fifteen guy right away in his third stint in the UFC. That's that's my pick. That's a that's a juicy matchup for Juicy J. <laughs> I like that is that is something else. For people who don't know, by the way, uh, what we're talking about with the Julian Arosa journey, Ultimate Fighter back in this is the McGregor season, McGregor favorite season back in twenty fifteen. Uh, wins his UFC, his UFC debut, his first fight, whatever you know, on the Ultimate Fighter finale, uh, and then gets knocked up by Ishihara, and then that, and then that's it. He gets what he he's got, done done with the UFC. He's gone for I'm looking I'm, I'm looking at his resume right now, but three years, uh, and then Contender Series beats Jamal Emmers, who we just mentioned, uh, and then loses his and then gets a contract off that, loses his next three fights. Devontae Smith, 
tough guys. Devontae Smith, Grant Dawson. At 55, he had to fight Devontae Smith on less than a week's notice. So his second, his second run, 0-3. Takes one fight in the regional scene. Uh, I believe comes back on short notice to fight Sean Woodson in a catchweight bout. And then, as you said, a prospect killer, because Woodson was heavily favored going into that fight. Uh, Arosa finishes him, then finishes Nate Landwehr. And now you're right. We're suddenly talking about him potentially be on a three-fight winning streak. Uh, if he could beat a, a, a tough guy, uh, the guy in uh, Tapuria. So it was just Tapuria, right? Klein. Klein. I'm sorry, Ludovic Klein. Sorry, Tapuria was the other name. Uh, and Ludovic Klein. I, no, no, this is no. If you had told me this two years ago, I'd be like, I'd like no, Julian Rose is not coming back to the UFC. He's not beating anybody. Why are we talking about this? And yet here we are. <laughs> you no, never know. You, you never, never you know. Really, he's so – really, it's funny though because – if you watch any of his footage, it's he's the kind of guy like if you watch any fights from outside the UFC, you, it's like why is this guy not in the UFC? You know, you watch any catch any of his fights like a Julian Rosa fight on YouTube, and you'd be like, like this guy should be in the UFC. This guy looks like this is a UFC level guy, and for the longest time, he just couldn't quite like establish that he was. You never give up, you know, man. I mean, a lot a lot of guys only get one try. He's in his third try and thriving, thriving in his third try. He's not just hanging around; he's thriving. Unreal. I remember it was January of 2020. Arosa's team reached out to me and said, do you, want to, do you want to interview Julian Arosa? He's fighting this guy, AJ Bryant, at Cage Sports 60. Regional guy. I think you'll dig it. I'm not going to get into specifics, but I think you'll dig it. And I was like, okay, I'll talk to him. And he's like, and AJ Bryant was a, you know, he's he's a guy that on the in the Pacific Northwest, sort of a featherweight to keep your eye on, really good fighter. Um, and I remember Julian Arosa said, I spoke to my manager. He goes, I was cut from the UFC before the, the, the Julia Arce fight. They brought me back in just for that fight. And I got knocked out in the third round. I got released again. So I got released twice in like a matter of three weeks. But then he said something to me that really stuck out. And I didn't know if I believed him or not, or if like he was just got hit in the head too many times. He goes, I talked to my manager. He goes, my manager told me I'm like, the relationship between the UFC and me, it's it's not over. Like, it's not even close to being over. Like, if a spot opens, I'm in. And I was like, really? After those three losses? I was like, okay. I mean, listen, you want to stay positive? And then sure enough, he gets the fight with Sean Woodson. And it turned out that he got offered a bunch of other fights before that. But for some reason or another, whether it was COVID related or, you know, someone just got the spot, like, before him. Like, he got offered a lot of fights along the way after the AJ Bryan fight. So... Good for him, man. What a good guy. Very happy for him. And to see him having success and getting these finishes, freaking awesome. Love the sport, AK. 33 pro fights. He's only 31. He has 33 pro fights. This man, this man has been through it. He's, he's <laughs> been through it already. And, has, and uh, again, hopefully has many healthy years left uh, in competition. So, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we got a lot, a lot of Rosa talking here. The guy really is kind of one of those underreported stories. Like You've interviewed him. I've, I've interviewed him. Uh, his story is just wild. Good dude, <laughs> wild. man. Yeah. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, 
Atlassian software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. I, uh, I, I, of course, the peeps love to chime in here, but I believe you have a check the tapes, AK. Yes, we must check the tapes because I was correct on the fate of one Viviane Araujo, who I had uh, hoped would be matched up with Caitlin Chukagian. Sure enough, May 15th, Caitlin Chukagian versus Viviane Araujo makes a lot, made a lot of sense when I said it. Makes a lot of sense even more now that it's reality. Fingers crossed, everyone's healthy. Uh, everyone's healthy and is in top shape, and that that fight does not fall through because May 15th is a long, 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 long time away. We mentioned how big of a gangster Julian Arosa is. How big of a gangster is Caitlin Chukagian right now? Oh, I mean, my God. She's not, like, she even knows I'm not fighting for a title anytime soon as long as Valentina Shevchenko is the champion. But she's just taking on everybody, man. She's taking on Jessica Andrade. Now she's taking on Viviani Arujo, who is just a dangerous up-and-comer right now. She's taking on literally everybody, AK. It's impressive. Look, it's not the easy path, but if she knows, if she's competition with these fights... She's kind of like, look, I'm holding on to this spot, this top number two or number three spot. I'm holding on to this spot until someone takes it from me. At some point, I'm going to get a title shot. Maybe maybe, maybe against Valentina rematch somewhere down the road. Probably not. But maybe Valentina, again, has one of those dominant runs where there's just no challenges for her. And, you know, she retires or changes divisions, goes back to 135. And guess what? Chukagian's going to be there. She's going to be like, oh, you, you, need a, you need one half for interim or vacant title? I'm here. I've been knocking off all these all these people you've been trying to bring up over me. I'm here. So, yeah, Chigain, absolutely. Uh, so uh, you, you don't find a lot of people who, like, are enthusiastic about being a, a top five gatekeeper. She's totally for it. She's just like, yeah, I get it. People want to use my name to, to, to get up here. Well, let's let's come come bring it. Let's see if you can. <laughs> yeah, she is not politicking for fights or anything. I really dig it. Good stuff. Uh, what are the peeps saying, AK, coming yeah. out of UFC Vegas 19? I, I saw a lot of stuff up there. Well, I'll run off. Here's the five most uh, most requested, most sort of repeated matchups. A lot of people said Derek Lewis versus uh, Gone Rosenstruck winner. That was maybe the suggestion I saw the most. Uh, Ashton versus Doc, as I said, very popular. Uh, ha- a lot of people with you know, the Haas versus Lundjambula train. Uh, I should read someone's specific comment for it. I did not want to put it in such such base terms, but they said uh, it's from Barry O'Reilly. Said this would be for the best body in the UFC title. Uh, <laughs> Sure. Hey, look. I it, listen. I don't. I don't view the world that lens. Okay. I don't view these uh, fighters in a superficial way. Uh, I hadn't even noticed. Is Phil Haas in great shape? Hadn't even noticed. Had not even. Yeah, I think okay, so. I he's I a professional he's athlete. Right. Yeah, he's a professional athlete. I assume. Again, I don't. I don't uh, look at to consider these things uh, when I'm looking at these uh, these bodies up there in this game. You know, I just know. But hey, people want to talk about it. That's that's none of my business. And then, uh, uh, so I, you said Billy Q before. I saw this was multiple people. Billy Q for Erosa. Oh, that's fun. To, listen, saw, that's fun I too. I saw at least like four people. I, I saw it come up once, and I made note of it for the specific person who asked for it. And then I saw it come up over and over and over again. I'm like, well, I guess this is a this is a popular choice. And then of course, as we've said multiple times, if you know, uh, uh, versus uh, Deronda me. So uh, Kuniskaya Aldana was also was also the uh, I would say the second most popular choice. So it does feel like it has to be one of those names. Uh, Lewis versus Overeem, Aspinall versus Spivak, uh, Aspinall dos Santos, Dacus dos Santos, uh, Dacus versus Walt Harris. 
I don't know, Mike. How do you feel about that? Listen, Walt Harris's next fight should be against a guy he is heavily favored against. And this is like, I, I know Walt wants to like fight the best and all this stuff. He's a top 15 guy, mm-hmm. but we got to get Walt to win. Yeah. We got to get Walt that. to we win. See him, we, want to, we just want to see him get back to work, you know? And I'm not get saying he can't be Chris Dawkins because yeah. he, pro- he could be Chris Dawkins, but that's just, it's a scary fight right now. It's a high risk and kind of a low reward fight. And again, it sounds insulting to Dawkins, but Dawkins, even though it's 3-0, I mean, his name isn't quite, I would say Walt Harris is a bigger name. So I don't know how much Walt would want to take that one. Uh, Casey O'Neill, again, one of the hot new names at uh, Flyweight, has a successful debut on Saturday. Uh, people want to see her and Laura, Procopi- Laura, Laura, Laura Procopio. Okay. Excuse me. I'll do that. Uh, Derek Minner versus Bill Algio. I saw it come up a couple of <laughs> times. I'm, I like it. I like it. Uh, Eamon Zahabi, another big winner on the card we haven't brought up yet. Uh, Tony Kelly, that would be so much fun. Yep. And then I saw uh, I saw Kasanganai's name throw for, thrown out for also for Haas, but uh, people like Kasanganai and Imavov. That'd be a tough test for Kasanganai coming back, coming to, trying to get off a loss. But I'm not against it. M- multiple people asked for it. Yeah, there were so many names thrown for Aspinall uh, just on our, on our on our website. Uh, some um, Maurice Green, I think it's behind him now. Greg Hardy definitely behind him now. Volkov maybe too much. Um, Tanner Boser, Overeem, and uh, Taito Avasa. So. People are talking about Aspinall. That's all you need to know. People really want to see more Aspinall. Chris Stiles on Twitter hit us both up, and they liked uh, Spivak versus Pavlovich. Has that matchup been booked before? I feel like it's been booked, but didn't happen. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, but yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I like that. It has not? No, I don't think it's been booked. Okay. So that was uh, yeah. So thank you, Chris Stiles, for that suggestion. And then Ren at Rencredible on Twitter hit us both up and said that they would like to see, I deciphered this tweet. This tweet was a little, um, a little garbled, but Lewis versus Miocic and Ganu loser or, uh, or Lewis replaces the winner of that fight who presumably would go on to fight John Jones. So he kind of wants to see Lewis Jones happen, uh, in a roundabout way. If, if Miocic and Ganu, whoever from that is presuming, assuming someone from that fight gets it, if they can't make it. Lewis just takes their spot as opposed to having to fight one of them. So, that's 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 interesting. It's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, should I stick with Twitter? No, I I'll have to come back to Twitter because I want to end on a special Twitter note. Uh, let's go to Instagram. Mike, did you have? Did you want to read from your Instagram guys again? Yeah, I only. I mean, not a lot of faith in my Instagram reading, and I get that. So I only got one suggestion. Oh, actually, I got a few suggestions. I got a few suggestions from Patrick Austin, who I mentioned earlier. Okay. Uh, Tom Aspinall versus Blagoy Ivanov. I, I guess that assumes what happens there. Andre sure. Lofsky. Oh. Versus Alexander Gustafson. Yeah, I keep, you know, it's, I saw Gus's name come up a lot. Uh, I saw him come up for other people as well, so I'll pass on mentioning that for in the future. But yeah, I saw I saw him mentioned for, uh, I think, a doc, uh, so for Aspinall as well or something like that. And I'm like, oh, right. Like, I had to be reminded that he is at heavyweight now. Is he? Is there no chance he goes back down to 205? He probably could, right? If he, you probably could. But why? why? Why do that to yourself? It's true. It's true. He's a big, he's a big guy. Um, and then uh, the other option was Phil Haas versus Joaquin Buckley. Yeah, could that happen? I thought about that too. Could that happen? It could. I just, I don't know. Seems like, hey, Joaquin, like we built you up. We just put you in a tough matchup with Alessio DiCarico. Let's throw you in there with Phil Haas now. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like the right trajectory for him unless the UFC is just kind of, not saying that Buckley couldn't beat Phil Haas, but I just feel like that's a, that's a tough matchup with the experience Phil has and the extra weapons he has. Another matchup between two guys who, who work out, who are in, I guess if you're, you know, objectively, they're an okay. Yeah, they've been known to like, you know, 
eat healthy and yeah, lift the occasional weights or two every now and then, yeah uh our our mutual friend josh abukai again he's, he came to me like he, <laughs> he came should, to he me. should have i should tell him to come back to he, uh, josh if you're listening you can go back to mike all right listen he's checking his dms now <laughs> but i appreciate that but josh i appreciate you reaching out to me uh uh i'm uh Eamon zahabi highly alatang i think that's cool it's like shout out to highly alatang i don't see that name come up a lot on our show uh, oh charles rosa there we go someone we haven't mentioned uh, unfortunately a loser on uh, on Saturday, despite a spirited effort uh, avoiding a lot of submissions and, and throwing up some of his own, uh, versus Sean Woodson or Kulaba. I like the Woodson one. You know, kind of maybe I don't know. It might be tough because if Woods, if Rosa loses again, but you got to match these guys up. I, I I like the Rosa Woodson matchup. Let's I have no problem yeah. with that. Jay Steiner wants a bit of a step up for uh, Phil Haas. He likes Haas versus Trevin Giles, Jukas Duplessis winner. I think I think that's a step up. So that fight's on March twentieth. And then he threw out uh, Jared Gordon, another guy we didn't mention. He had an unfortunate weight miss, but did did win a fight. Uh, versus uh, Mowgli Benitez, and he he threw out that you know Mowgli could come back down to 145 for it, or if Gordon is maybe giving up on 145 after this, that could happen at, at lightweight too. Benitez, I think, recently moved up there, so I like that. Um, what do you think of this, Mike? Max Block on Instagram says Derek Lewis versus Volkov two. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I, I chilly reception. I, I kind of like the where Lewis is at right now. I just, <laughs> you know, either the Overeem fight or he's the replacement guy. Volkov. I think Volkov should get the winner of Rosenstrike versus Gone. Personally, that's what I guess. That that's. I think we said that in a previous episode. That's. I'm sticking with that as well. Uh, I I do think we could see Lewis and Volkov fight some again somewhere down the road. It was one of those fights. It was a classic. Uh, uh, Derek Lewis, he's losing, he's losing, he's losing. Oh no, he won. <laughs> anyway, go back to Fight Pass, watch that fight, and, and like you'll, you'll, if if you have not seen that fight and you're just looking at like Derek Lewis's record, and you're like, oh, he beat Volkov. Watch that fight, and you're like, you're like, Lewis won. Like, no, he did not. He didn't win this fight. The first ten minutes, you're like, what, he won this. What? <laughs> no, yes, he classic comes back in the third. I believe I'm looking at my runner. Eleven seconds left in the fight officially. And that's when he lost. He lost every second of that fight before that too. It Pretty much close. every second. It wasn't close. I was like, Derek. I remember watching that. Fight. I'm like, Derek Lewis has been exposed. <laughs> like, oh no, oh no, he's Derek Lewis. Uh, so, so yeah, I wouldn't mind them running that back. Just not next. I, I don't. I don't think that's next. Um, Jacob Best, the only person I saw throw this out, and I think this would be. Oh, maybe I don't know if you just mentioned earlier, Mike. I think this would be crazy. Blades versus Dawkins. Huh. No. I die. Oh, they can't do that. If I'll tell you what, if Dawkins, let's say they do book Dawkins JDS or Dawkins somebody else, and he gets another first round knockout, I'm not against it because I don't want to see I don't want to see Curtis Blades fight until like November December yeah. at the earliest. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I mean, man. not 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 right now, but sure. At some point, yeah. If Dawkins wins another it could fight, be next yes. for Blades. It could be next for Blades, but not necessarily next for Dawkins. Correct. Yeah. If yeah. Do- if Dawkins wins his ne- if Dawkins gets a top ten guy or gets a JDS and gets another first round finish or something like that, you could do the Blades fight. It's fine. Man, I hadn't even thought of. But yeah, so if we're talking about later in the year, and Dawkins like you're right, four and zero, four finishes. Yeah, I, I get. Yeah, it gets not Jacob Best. Okay, I, I'll get. You're looking way ahead. You're look, you got the future goggles on. I like it. Uh. Emails. Matt Bradbury says uh, Arlovsky versus Latifi. What's up with Latifi? I think a lot of the Swedish fighters are they. I, I'll have to look up their their uh, sort of the COVID restrictions laws out there because I don't think we've seen a lot of the, we we mentioned Gustafsson. Um, I don't think we've seen a lot of the Swedish fighters booked. Am I crazy? I don't. Yeah. In a while. Did, 
Is Latifi's last fight the Derek Lewis fight? It is. Huh. Yeah. There yeah, must, I don't know. There must be some sort of restrictions. Yeah, there must be some yeah. restrictions going down because we have not seen them on Fight Island. Nothing. So, um, but I like. I don't mind that. Uh, I'm throwing out this one so we can so we can question it. Uh, and I say this because Matt Bradbury makes a lot of great picks. There's a lot of picks there. He wants the Minner versus Hooper, which for me sounds like the opposite of what oh, he wants to chase Hooper. <laughs> he's well. He specifically said why not in his email, and and I had to, I typed out a response to, to, that I will read out in the air. Uh, it would put one of the most experienced and seasoned featherweights against a young guy like Hooper, who should be ch- playing with children his own age. So, <laughs> thank you, Matt. For this. this is Matt. 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 Matt, Matt Bradbury. Matt Bradbury said Minner versus Hooper. What time? What time did he send this message? This was I, I, uh, late last night. All right, so it's probably like at least a dozen beers consumed. <laughs> come on, man, you can't do that. Listen, now if he had come out and said Chase Hooper versus Charles Rosa. Still kind of absurd, yeah. but not as absurd. You know what I mean? Like I actually like I actually kinda wanna see that fight. Because I don't think like Rosa. listen, Rosa Rosa Hooper, Rosa Hooper yeah, makes right. a lot more sense because okay. Rosa I mean Rosa can Rosa's a tough dude. Like he's a scrapper. And he'll like he can he can bang a little bit on the feet, but the ground exchanges between Rosa and Hooper would actually be really fascinating to watch. I think it would be. I think it's a pretty competitive fight, honestly. Because listen, styles make fights. I know it's a cliche as hell, but that I, I think Chase Hooper would, would do okay in that fight, honestly. All right, so Matt, you're not completely out to lunch. You're, you you got the wrong guy from that match. Wrong guy. Yeah, yeah, not Minner, but uh, you want a little more experience. Like you want a guy who's also kind of experienced than Rosa, maybe. Marcus McGahee threw out a name for Kunis Guy, which I had not thought of because I hadn't realized just how successful this this one had been. But uh, Kunis Guy versus Penny Kianza. Penny is on a She's on an unassuming three-fight win streak. I do think she's behind Kuniskaya in the rankings. That that Viator win is, is very, very big for Kuniskaya. So I don't know if this would be next for her. But that's right. You know, Panny Kansad is also a veteran and has been taking care of business. She has won three straight. Um, so if it happened, it wouldn't be crazy. I, I I don't think it should be next for her. But if I saw that booked, I'd be like, yeah. And <laughs> Again, we, we mentioned on the on the post-fight show, Mike, 135, they're kind of just making matchups. It, it doesn't feel like they know what to do with the matchup because they don't know what's going to happen with Nunez in the title. So they're really just throwing names together and hoping that the dust settles will have some sort of contender. But So, I mean, that makes as much sense as, as a lot of other things. Yeah. Tristan Gordet uh, wants to see something for Casey O'Neill. He said if uh, Jillian Robertson, Miranda Maverick, is not rebooked, then uh, O'Neill versus Robertson. I don't know how I feel about Robertson. I still, you know what's funny is I feel like Robertson is, be, is already being viewed as like a gatekeeper. She's 25 years old. She's a prospect. I don't think she needs to be this litmus test for all these prospects. She she is she herself is still a prospect. So, I don't know. That guy's kind of weird how they're viewing her. I, I wouldn't mind the fight, just not next. It's that's tough because I feel like I feel like Casey O'Neill in like two years, and I like I like Jillian Robinson a lot. I think like Casey O'Neill in two years absolutely destroys her. But sure. right now, in two years, yeah. Right now, it's such a dangerous fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I just. Yeah, you kind of have to. Casey's one of those prospects you have to slow roll. Like I'm actually going to be speaking to Casey tomorrow, Monday, as we record for what the heck. Okay. So get get excited for that. There you go. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like where her head is at with all this. But she's six and zero now. She's still young. She just had her UFC debut. She beat a very experienced fighter who's fought tough competition. So it's a good win. And you, I don't know if I want to give her that big of a step up this quickly though. Jillian's. Just, I mean, Jillian's been in there with Macy Barber. She's been in there with Tyler Santos. She's been in there with, you know, with Cody Casey. I mean, she's been in there with some vet, like the vetty vet vets. 
I don't know if Casey O'Neill is is quite ready for that, but I would like to see that fight at some point. I just think it's a little too soon for it. Yeah, we've said we talked about this with with uh, Casey O'Neill and uh, Menon Firo that uh, you no reason to push. What is the rush? What is the rush to, to push these to push these women too fast? Let's give them two or three fights a little bit low, lower tier, and then maybe again because like I said, people said like Robertson is is is. She has she has UFC experience, yes, but she's also young. She finishes people, yeah. It's it's a tough fight for these, for uh, some of these uh, newcomers right now. Harry Devoskin, he woke up today and chose violence, Mike, because uh, <laughs> he, he wants to see Nate Landwer versus uh, Jamie Simmons, which I think is like a guaranteed first round knockout. Someone's going to sleep. I think you're just seeing two guys just smashing each other there. I love it. And then uh, Phil Haas versus Puna Soriano again. Someone's just someone's getting smoked. <laughs> Someone's getting smoked. The first one's fun. Second one. What's the reluctance for Puna and Phil? I, I think Puna is like, I don't know. That's that's a tough fight for Phil. That's a tough fight for Phil. I actually would. They're pref- all tough fights now. They're all tough fights now for Phil, Mike. I think this is like a massive step up. I think Puna. <laughs> I, I mean, I think Puna is. I think Puna is the real deal. After that went over to Dorovich, like Puna is the is the legit legit. Okay. He's a top like he's a top fifteen kind of a fighter right now. That's that's a little too soon. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I I I'd be intrigued by it, but I, in my mind, Poon is a massive favorite in that fight. I think massive, really. Interesting. Okay. I like I like it, but I, I agree. I know what you're saying. I do think Suriano is a little bit ahead uh as far as uh where these guys where these guys are at right now. Twitter DMs. I know I owe an apology, Mike, to our, our boy Toke Gerding Jensen. Uh, I, I totally forgot where he came, where country he's from. I named literally every country uh, uh, that I could think of. It, it, like, I was like Sweden, Switzerland, uh, uh, <laughs> Norway. He's from Denmark. Toke Gerding Jensen is <laughs> from Denmark. I was not close. Uh, and uh, I like one of his suggestions this week. Uh, he politely corrected him, by the way, about the Denmark thing. So shout out to the Danish. Um, Derek Minner. He, he said, I know this sounds crazy. Uh, Derek Minner, Edson Barbosa. <laughs> I love that. It's just to start with, I know this sounds crazy, dot, dot, I think dot. That's what he said. I think that's his words. I'm trying to, I think oh, I believe he said. I know that sounds crazy. That's a fun fight. Yeah. But and again, I, and I, don't, I think we'll have to remember yeah. how experienced Minner is. Minner is very, very, very experienced. Yeah, I know not in the UFC. He has a lot of pro fights. A lot of pro Barbosa is probably like a top 10 guy right now. Uh, I don't know. I like I like the matchup. And considering like Barbosa's, you know, contractual struggles with the UFC and that relationship seems to be sort of deteriorating in a way. Listen, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see the UFC throw that sort of matchup at Barbosa. He could choose to take it or he could choose not to take it. But it's yeah. not completely out of left field. It's not I Barbosa would never take that fight, but I I don't hate it. Not with James Krause. Not when he sees James Krause in the other corner. He's like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Wait a minute. How is this fair? This isn't fair. Mike, James Krause was giving Minner specific instructions how to avoid some... That's, that's, how can that be fair in the middle of a fight? You, he, he's, he, was, he would say something to Minner. Minner would respond immediately and like avoid an arm bar, avoid a triangle. And I'm like, that is not fair. That is not, no, that is not fair to Charles Rosa. You, this, this guy's instructions are so on point. It's like he's like playing a video game. He's like he's literally controlling uh, Minner with like a, an Xbox controller. It's just so unfair. Like he just the, how quickly they they the the connection was between them uh, and Minner like responding to him. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Um, uh, Barry O'Reilly, who I mentioned earlier, uh, he also he mentioned Osmanov versus Gustafsson again. A lot of Gustafsson names thrown out there, uh, matchups thrown out there. Uh, Aronsky, uh, we I think we mentioned this Minner, Minner versus Pineda. 
Michael Perugini. Uh, Michael Perugini has some of my favorite, some of my favorite uh, matchups this week. <laughs> we, we, we said this shouldn't be possible, but I just had to say it. Uh, Casey O'Neill versus Courtney Casey, just for the uh, hashtag Casey v. Casey. Uh, <laughs> these guys, Mike, they know me now. They know it's not... It's not hard to get your matchup named on if on uh, the show. Find two people the same name. Give me a funny hashtag. So hashtag KCPKC. Uh, a guy, man, this guy's name is getting thrown out a lot. And uh, shout out to John Castaneda again. We haven't mentioned him at all on the show. So uh, uh, Michael Perugini said Castaneda versus Umar Nurmagomedov. Umar Nurmagomedov, a very popular name. He's almost the Kamza Hamza this year of, uh, of so far in the early going. He's been matched up with so many people, and I feel like in our first like few episodes. Very popular name. And then he wants, he said Jordan, uh, Jared Gordon should be punished and fight uh, Herbert Burns. So that makes sense. It's kind of what you were telling me earlier that if Burns going up to 155, Gordon should also maybe stick to with 155, match those two up. So, yeah, I, I, I like that. How's I like Herbert Burns, talented guy. How is that a punishment for Jared Gordon? I think Jared Gordon wins that fight I don't pretty know. I easily. Guess my- I guess Virginia's still high on, high on uh, the Burns supply, I suppose. So, And I also think they're teammates. Oh, uh, that's very possible. I think Gordon it's trains a, at Sanford it's, MMA. I was going to say, it's a, a Sanford MMA thing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, you I don't know. Might be correct. Okay. So, uh, so Michael, thank you for throwing that out there. Uh, I did not uh, research the pick, but uh, might might not be possible, unfortunately. Yeah, Jared Gordon would win, would win that fight, though. Just Herbert's, Herbert's a really good – Herbert's a good prospect, no doubt about it, but Gordon is such a grinder, man. If that guy can – if get, Jared Gordon get out, can get out of the first round, he's t- – I mean, he is a tough – tough over anybody at 45 or 55 well speaking of gordon harry lifke likes him to fight the uh comma worthy um jay malarkey winner uc 260 march 27th i think that'd be a lot of fun that would be fun yes casey o'neill he wants for mazani he, he threw I, i'm only addressing this to correct it he said maybe gina mazani uh for sila cachuera but that's not till may 15th so i don't i think i bet i think o'neill is on the i want to fight as much as possible train right now i wouldn't be surprised if we see her fight like in march if I, I don't know what matchup is possible for her, I wouldn't be surprised if she takes a quick turnaround and just tries to keep trying to get kind of get her name going. So yeah. maybe way too. I, I like the idea of her versus Mazzani or uh, Priscilla Cachoeira, but I think it's a little too far in the future. I think I think like uh, Liana Jojua type of fight is yeah is is what we're looking for for Casey O'Neill. That's what we're looking for. Uh, Mighty Magic Marty usually hits up both of us. He had a longer message, so I guess he want he DM'd me. First off, shout outs to Wales. Love Wales. Uh, shout outs, you know, Brett Johns, uh, some great talents of Rob Bryden, Christian Bale, I think, is Welsh. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, of course, the inimitable Anthony Hopkins. So shout outs to Wales. Love Wales. Uh, he likes Tom. I, I think I, I did we not mention this right? Tom Aspinall versus Ben Rothwell. Rothwell is booked, right? Rothwell's fighting. Rothwell is fighting. Who the hell has been? It's, we just talked. We literally just talked about this too. I know. Uh, well, look, our, our brains are mush at this. But we Philippe Lins. Like, Philippe Lins. Yes, I could see him getting the winner. Eh, but be, yeah, if Rothwell wins that fight, I like that for Aspinall. I don't know about Lins. I don't know if Lins Aspinall is that. It's tickling my fancy, as it were. Uh, so I like that. But I want to end because uh, should read his message because. Uh, so obviously there's a different time zone and uh, Martin was, this is from uh, at Mighty Magic Martin on Twitter. Martin was telling us, you know, his schedule can be a little bit funky for as far as getting picks in. So uh, uh, so he just wanted to get these in now and want us in advance to give a birthday shout out. Uh, her two year, his two year old, well, she will be two on Friday. So give in advance for his daughter, Millie. So uh, Mike, if you could do a little birthday shout out for Millie. Happy birthday, Millie. It's uh. I'm with you, uh, uh, Mighty Magic Mart. That's right, right? 
mighty I got, part, correct? Okay. Yes, it's a it's a great feeling to watch to watch our children grow up. Uh, two is a, is a fun age. Terrible twos. That is not an exaggeration. So just a little parental advice. Uh, three is also not that fun, but fun <laughs> in some ways. And then it gets better. But no, so seriously, happy birthday to Millie. Enjoy the day. Eat lots of cake. Open those presents and uh, run around and frolic and just and just be what do what two year olds do. Happy birthday, Millie. <laughs> And uh, he has a, a second child coming on April. 8th. He and his wife have a second child coming on on April eighth. So yes. I think he's also say, so I think he was also saying uh, he may not be getting up early to offer picks for a while. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Once you know, once that second kid comes around, we may not be hearing from him on fight nights or or uh, I guess on our side uh, early early mornings anymore. So uh, yes, happy birthday and congratulations on of course the second child on the way. But uh, what was his suggestion? What did I just, did I already read it out? No, I already read it out, right? Yes. So yes, let's end, let's end with, for, for reader suggestions, let's end with that nice happy birthday for Millie. Uh, thanks Maddie Magic Mart and everyone else who's sending in things. Send them in to me, uh, at, uh, at Alexander K. Lee on Twitter, at Alexander K. K. Lee on Instagram, alex.lee at espionation.com. And also please hit up Mike. Mike, let them know where they can reach you, please. Yes. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. Follow me, Mike underscore JR. Uh, Instagram M underscore heck JR. Uh, but listen, hit up AK. That is a guarantee you'll get on the show. I will do my best. I will do hit better. Mike. Mike, I will is, do better. <laughs> Mike is checking his DMs. He is checking his DMs. Hit I'm him trying. up on Instagram. I'm hit trying. Yeah. Again, I Slide apologize. Slide in there, listeners. But listen, as you're doing this, make sure you take a few moments and hit the subscribe button for the podcast network. Wherever you're listening right now, it goes a long way. If you want to leave a five-star review, some kind words about the show on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen, we appreciate that as well. And uh, we invite you to join us next week for the UFC 259 Go Home Card UFC Vegas 20, headlined by the aforementioned heavyweight fight between Jarzinho Rosenstrike and Cyril Ghosn. If you really look at it, it's a pretty damn good card, and uh, we'll be talking about it throughout the week and on this program next week. But until then, for AK, I am Mike Heck. Always remember, do not take this too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun, and we'll have more fun doing some matchmaking next week right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. 
You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.